0: Welcome to KIOS at the Movies. I'm Joshua Labour, and I'm joined with Diana Martinez and Patrick Kenny from Film Streams. Hi. Hello. And today we're going to discuss the film Once Upon a River.
1: It's the main rule again:
2: only make the good shot, not just any shot
1: to your breathing, to your body. You wanna come hunting with me for opening day? You're gonna go hunting with her? Are you kidding me, Dad?
0: You know that you're the only reason why I've been sober in this world. You know that, Daddy. You having fun? You are so lovely, Margaret. (sighs) Johnny, son of a... What are you doing, man?
1: Brian, what's a girl doing here holding a gun? Where are
0: you heading, Maggie? Trying to
2: get to my mom.
0: Once upon a river is a film that follows a Native American woman, Margot, Margaret, what was the other name? Maggie. Maggie whose father is violently killed and she goes off to find her estranged mother based on the book of the same title by Bonnie Jo Campbell. This film is filled with beautiful images inspired by what I thought was Terrence Malick and affecting moments where some of the actors rise above the film itself in my opinion because the movie as a whole doesn't quite work for me and we don't, cause we don't really get a feel for who the characters are and what motivates them? So what's left is like a series of really bad situations that the character has thrown at them throughout the film. And with my first take, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious to hear your guys.
2: It's a brutal film.
1: Yeah, it is. It's a it's it's a tough watch. It's a tough trip. I do. I see. I see the Malik, especially. I think uh, honestly, if a movie opens with some like dreamy outdoor yeah. images and a young woman doing voiceover, I'm automatically going to think of Badlands and a mm-hmm. few other Malick movies. And so running her
0: true. hands through like native grass. Yes. Like. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But you know why that like gets repeated so many times is because it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it works. Because <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. Those are the really parts beautiful. of the
0: film that really stuck out to me. That I, was I
1: I agree. Those are my favorites.
0: And I honestly do think that the film was pretty beautifully shot. Like I liked Mm -hmm. the color of the film. They had nice lighting throughout. Um, I think that that's really where the film excelled Mm -hmm. is is those quiet moments where they weren't like just throwing terrible situations over and over again. Like whenever they would actually let her breathe. Interludes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I really think that the main actor was amazing. And I think that but she has so little dialogue and so little to do that most Mm -hmm. of the dialogue is carried by the um, supporting actors. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like if she had more to do, it would, like, to say. And I know her character is supposed to be quiet, but I really think that her and the the cinematography are very much the strongest parts of the film. Mm. Well,
2: because this film is... An interesting one, because I, I did read reviews, and I think they all kind of said the same thing, right? That the, the actor had, like you said, like very little to do. However, we just watched a great film at the Toronto Film Festival called Nomadland by Chloe mm-hmm. Zhao, where Frances McDormand is saying nothing <laughs> through <laughs> most of that film, but it feels, um, you can see her thinking, And you Mm -hmm. kind of feel her feeling and you can see that the wheels are turning in her head and there's something there beyond the silence. Mm. And I think like you said here, it's hard to, for me, it it was almost like there's a lot of terrible things that happen to this character, Mm -hmm. but I have no sense of how this young woman is processing them Mm -hmm. no, or if she's processing them Mm -hmm. at all.
1: Yeah. And it's hard to tell. There's several decisions that she makes that I feel like I have. I don't understand why she made them. Um, and I feel like, yeah, that's character development or just a few, maybe some storytelling that could have been done a little bit differently. The first part that sets
0: the story, like, I still don't really understand what happened there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand who the family was. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand their, Billy. Yeah. Like, I don't understand Billy. their relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I really didn't. And this is the thing that sets off the whole film. So I can say it from the beginning that they have some type of relationship that isn't particularly clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The daughter, she is the main character, Margot, and her father have a relationship with this like white family that uh, lives next door. Or they live on their property or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole film gets set off by Margot having relations <laughs> with this the father of the white family Mm -hmm. and, and then just things go haywire and the son kills her dad and that's what gets her to go leave and get on the river and Mm -hmm. sets everything off. But when you don't really understand that relationship and there's no context, it's hard to like really feel. Mm -hmm. And so I think that those supporting characters have to partly you know, because there are a lot of movies that are very quiet main characters, but mm-hmm. I feel like those relationships have to really be established for that to work, because otherwise you're like, wait, why is she doing mm-hmm. this? Like, what? It didn't, because none of the motivations felt particularly human.
2: Like, I don't wonder if it just goes back to, like, this movie is maybe made richer by having knowledge of the novel and having mm-hmm. read the novel. Um, I don't wonder if that narration, like, is the novel in first person? Like, I honestly, like, didn't read it um, or look up anything beyond what was in the reviews of the film. Um, And I don't wonder if so much of it is maybe, like, an internal monologue in the novel that it's really hard to kind of, like, unless you're relying heavily on voiceover, like, it would be hard to get whatever the character is feeling or, like, how she's processing. But, like, that relationship, like, it's also mired in this, like, racial tension and again like you don't see her kind of deal with that or or process that like you know that she's you know Native American she has this complicated history with like this white family but she is neither really like invested in her identity nor does she like shun her identity either and it's just kind of like I don't understand how it makes up her character mm-hmm. but you know like there are scenes in which it's like very obviously like racially loaded not yes. just this relationship but it's also about like this like intermixing yeah. <laughs> of this like racist white family with mm-hmm. um you know Margot. this movie really made me think about this conversation that was happening online a few years ago like in relationship to Game of Thrones and all the terrible things that happen on that show and kind of people being like, you know, why, why do certain characters need to be raped? Why does this kind Mm -hmm. of violence need to happen? I mean, one of the only ways I can kind of like make sense of this film and what happens in it is that like these events in real life are usually nonsensical, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're not, they don't exist in people's lives, like make them better or to develop their character and to have things like that happen in like a fictional narrative for those reasons, right? Like that, you know, a character in Game of Thrones should have grown or there should have been a reason why something like that happened to their character. Like to me, it just doesn't make sense because that's not at all realistic because that's not how the real world happens. And so I don't wonder if maybe a kind of like lack of processing or maybe on a second watch, you kind of see that people don't always immediately process the things that have happened to them and that, you know, it doesn't always just like make you a better person or like create character development. Right. And here we know it creates a a sequel, right. Creates (laughs) like another story where I'm assuming that these events still factor and still um, have some kind of role in our main character's life.
0: And I totally agree with that. Like even Just as someone who loves film and makes films, like I don't necessarily feel like a film has to have explicit reasons for everything. And I don't feel like every film has to have growth of a character or anything. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. think that I like films where people don't you know, I like films where people grow and it's very, you know, three act structure and everything happens. Like I love a really good structured film and I also love a really good, like kind of meandering film where nothing happens and oh. no one grows and everybody's terrible or whatever. <laughs> um, this is a rare one where a lot happens, though. Exactly. And, yeah. and
1: there's no character growth. Well, it's not even... Ca-
0: there's no character growth, but I just didn't understand who anyone was. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's, and, a, better, that's and, a better way to put and it. And I didn't understand the motivations of the people or lack thereof, even, like, Mm -hmm. if they're a sociopath or whatever, (laughs) like, there wasn't, and I think that's the part that bothered me the most, um, but I do still think that I'm really interested to see where the actor who played Margot, her name is, uh, Kennedy Della Serna, I am really excited to see what else she does. Mm -hmm. I, I saw something there that I just, like, I just wanted, mm-hmm. despite just,
2: our criticism, she did a great job. Yeah,
0: no, like I just wanted this. I just wanted to see her mm-hmm. do more because I feel like it was there. There's like something in her face that like mm-hmm. wanted to do more. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and actually, there's a few people who played like vile characters who yeah. uh, did a good job. Uh, like I think her cousin actually he did a pretty good job with what he had to do. Uh, the person who played Smoke, mm-hmm. he is. I instantly recognized him. He's from Beverly Hills Cop. And mm-hmm. Midnight Run. I haven't seen him in anything for a while, but that was kind of exciting. Yeah. And then another very interesting cameo, Josephine Decker is in this movie. Yep. Which uh, I'd never I seen her. her. I'd never seen her as an, as an actor, but. Uh, her, like, one line was great. <laughs> she nailed it. <laughs> she it was. Stay away one from take. my family. Yeah. One take, Josephine, that's yeah. what they call her. I but, of it. course, she is. she's a, one of our best contemporary filmmakers.
0: Yeah. yeah, I love Josephine Decker. I was excited to see her in it as well. And I feel like there's just moments in this film that gave me a glimmer of like what the film could be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that it was really exciting Yeah, because there was like some moments where uh, like the actor just kind of like really rose above. But I feel like just as a whole, it just didn't. Yeah, but I think it's mm-hmm. worth watching. I who, feel like people need to see it. Who wrote the film?
1: She, uh, Harula Rose, Harula the director. Rose wrote it. So she did the it, yeah. adaptation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easy to see where it was going i mean i think the malik comparisons are um i mean maybe not fair but apt and uh you know it has like an original song by will oldham so i mean we're getting some i think we're getting the vibe and it's it's in that pocket for sure already but yeah
0: i feel like it was almost there yeah and i feel like there's some really exciting stuff that will come from uh this director and from the, some of the actors in the film mm-hmm. that okay. I'm really excited to see. We have a segment here on our new podcast version. Uh, Bonus. It's material. kind of like a wine pairing, except instead of pairing it with something else, it's just another movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to go watch Once Upon a River at. Film streams at home. That's right. And then also watch what film, Diana?
2: Winter's Bone.
1: Oh, sure. Of course.
0: Yes. I almost wrote that down because I definitely thought that it had a very much a Winter's Bone feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Winter's Bone is just like everything came together for that one.
2: <laughs> but to me, like what what Jennifer Lawrence is doing in Winter's Bone, like that is what I think this actress, um, what Kennedy <laughs> is capable of. Yes. But like that also for Jennifer Lawrence is so much of it is her looking at things, reacting to things, saying like two word sentences.
0: And that really Um, like a lot of of traumatic experiences. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes from where the camera is put on the person's face Mm -hmm. and what the director is Mm -hmm. saying to them, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Winter's Mm -hmm. Bone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So... In keeping with the traumatic childhood road trip theme that I guess we're going with, uh, I would pair it with Lean on Pete. It's v- it's actually very, very similar. It's directed by Andrew High, who's best known for Weekend, probably, or maybe he's best known for this movie. But uh, it's about, yeah, a young man who um, loses a parent and goes on a journey to find another guardian figure. And the difference here is instead of a river and a boat, he befriends a senior race horse and steals him <laughs> and they are tra- they are traveling companions but it is it is not a ridiculous movie it is very grounded very realistic beautiful landscapes very airy uh, again it's all about not a lot of dialogue he's alone with a horse a bunch so it's a lot of like acting physical acting and it is also very tough to watch mm. so warning so mine is a
0: Another film about traumatic things happen and some folks go on a road trip. This one is the 1998 film by Native American filmmaker Chris Iyer, uh Smoke Signals. Mm-hmm. Great one. Which I love that film. There's a lot more mm-hmm. dialogue in yeah. that one, but it's definitely very much like bad stuff happens. and Like mm-hmm. let's go on a road trip and, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. Like I remember seeing that film like maybe when I was working at Blockbuster when yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I think I was like. 17 or something yeah. and yeah it's just it's always been in my mind you know because unfortunately native american stories aren't told
2: yeah and that's yeah Smoke and Singers by is native a americans film because yeah. it's like about a group of people that are rarely seen on screen yeah
1: now. but on top of that i do think like i think that's why a lot of people see it is because mm-hmm. it's one of the only examples of that, but I do think it's one of the, it's a great, it's a great movie, one of the great indie films of the '90s. It yeah. is totally great,
0: and one of my favorite areas of film is '90s independent films. So <laughs> <laughs> this felt very, and Once yeah, Upon a
1: River definitely felt like in 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 standing with that for sure.
0: Once Upon a River is available on Film Streams at home for KIOS. I'm Joshua Labior,
1: and this is Patrick Kinney from Film Streams.
2: And this is Diana Martinez from Film Streams.